The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Greetings and welcome to Season 2 of Animal Instinct here on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Celia Kutcher. I'm also known as the Food Healer, and I'm really thrilled to be back on for another season. I've got some super cool guests coming on, and they've got great information to share. Today, we've got a really interesting show. When most people think of dog and cat rescue, they think of cities or more rural areas before they think of the suburbs. But that's where my guest does most of her work. Tina's been rescuing and rehabilitating animals since she was a child. She's a pet care provider who's trained in CPR and disaster relief. She's worked in animal hospitals since 1987, but her heart is in volunteering to save all animals. Tina is an appointed member of the District Attorney of Westchester County's Prevention of Animal Abuse Task Force. She works with many different shelters and rescue organizations all over the U.S. by setting up or running transports for relocation to a safer environment, as well as evaluating an animal's medical or behavioral condition and getting their needs met. Tina is also involved in fostering and helping in the adoption process. Her goal? To make sure her placements are appropriate for other homes. Tina's helped countless animals by giving them better opportunities and lives. I admire what she does, and I'm really excited to hear more. Welcome, Tina. Thank you so much for coming all the way out to Brooklyn. How are you? I am awesome. I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> me too. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, Celia, for inviting me. Oh, my God. I, it's, when it comes to rescue, you know your stuff. And I love what you do because a lot of people think rescue is just kind of, you know, oh, look, a kitty or something like that. And what you do is so much more important and so much more intense. I really wanted our listeners to hear about, you know, different levels of adoptions and of rescues and that sort of thing. So, yay, I'm really happy you're here. Thanks. Thanks. All right. You've been doing rescue since you were a kid. Um, did you have loads of pets in your house? You would think I would have, but actually, no. (laughs) I begged and begged and begged my parents for a dog and finally got one about 10 years of age. And uh, that started the whole thing because where I got the dog from, we rescued the dog. Mm -hmm. We went to a local woman's house, Mrs. Ashley in Bronxville. And she had her house filled with animals. Oh, wow. And I could only walk out with one. (laughs) It was a very difficult choice. (laughs) But I walked out with a little black lap mix and... uh, I shudder to say we never spayed her until after three litters Mm. and uh, went through some ham bone episode where you are not supposed to do that. Now I know. But when you're little, you have no idea and you rely on your parents and everything like that. But now there's a lot of information out there. And spaying and neutering is key. It just brings unwanted animals into the world. And I understand there are breeders out there and that's all fine. But... I would recommend to those people before you breed, go watch, go to a shelter, watch a euthanasia, and then see if you really want to breed your dog. Mm-hmm. It was one of the things that I experienced in the vet's office a lot were people coming in with female dogs that hadn't been fixed yet that were really, it was really important to them that that animal would breed and like experience life as a mother and give birth and this whole thing. And it was such misplaced desire you know well the other thing is also they look at their kids and they want their kids to experience the miracle of birth oh my god i heard that all the time Mm -hmm. totally yeah totally yeah Yeah, but it's so it's so important i mean if you nothing against breeding if you want to do that just all i say go to a shelter watch euthanasia and then see if you really want to breed your dog yeah it brings when you breed your dog 
and it's a backyard breeder that we were talking about, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you are bringing maybe somewhere between three to eight dogs in the home, in, in, in the world, that are taking up a home where yeah. a shelter dog could exist. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing, too, of a lot of people don't understand, like with the smaller hipped breeds that they can't, a lot of them can't deliver vaginally. So then all of a sudden, you know, a lot of people, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to breed my Shih Tzu. And then you're in the the vet hospital because you've got to do a cesarean. So there goes all your profit. I mean, done. Great story. Used to work for an orthopedic veterinarian and uh, she had bull mastiffs. In uh, wow. Mount Kisco. Wow. So I was there Christmas Day helping a C-section. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I was back again on New Year's Day helping out another C-section. Oh, you're same bull, uh, Different bull mastiff, obviously, but same <laughs> same breeder. So, you know, it just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a scary time, and it can happen at any time. It doesn't happen, you know, at night, you know, yeah, right. births and... You know, lots of times it also happens on the weekends, and oh, then yeah. you're paying for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you're paying a lot. I you're mean, paying that, a that's lot. expensive <clears throat> surgery. It's not, you know, oh, it's a dog, so it's going to be a $100 cesarean. I mean, you're looking anywhere between 800 and $2,000, depending on what goes on. Sure, absolutely. So it's serious stuff. So as I mentioned in the intro, most people don't really think of animal rescue being needed in the suburbs. Um, do you have problems with, like, pods of feral cats or packs of stray dogs that we actually had in Red Hook for a long time? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, stray dogs, they're always going to be stray dogs. Yeah. But the, the feral cats is a huge problem. And a lot of the shelters in Westchester, mm-hmm. where I'm from, <clears throat> they, have run, they run programs called uh, TNR, Trap, mm-hmm. Neuter, and Release. And it's an awesome program, and, uh, you know, Joe Public can do it. He can t- go to the shelter and grab a crate, um, a trap, trap the cat, bring it to the shelter, have it spayed and neutered, pick up the cat, and bring it back to the area. Mm-hmm. But they also, uh, a lot of shelters will provide professional trappers uh, and do it for you as well. That's a hard job. It's a very time-consuming job, but it's better for Joe Public to do it if it's on his property yeah. because you're watching the trap. All traps have to be labeled mm. of where who it is <clears throat> with uh, information on the trap, and they really should not be left alone for more than, uh, I forget how much how long it is, but it's a short amount of time. Yeah, you really yeah. got to keep your eye on the trap. It's weather conditions, and mm. don't forget that they're trapped, so now they're easy prey. That's true. That's a really, really good point. I didn't know that about the labeling the traps. Yep. That's really important to know. Yep. Your upcoming guest, Jim, will tell you about that. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So what are the most common issues you see in Westchester? You know, we see a lot of people losing their homes mm. and having to give up that family member. Mm. Um, it used to be the, one of the reasons they would be turned into shelters or rescue groups was because they had no time for them. Mm-hmm. But it's really, uh, it's a very sad situation. They're, they try to try to work it out, but also a lot of landlords start to have weight issues with yeah. you only can have a pet 25 pounds or under. And then they also starting to do the BSL, which is the breed-specific uh, legislative um, saying that you can you can't have any pit bulls or pit bull mixes wow. or anything like that. So it really narrows the gap as to what kind of dog you can have. Or uh, like my my sister, she just moved into a place she can only have a cat. That's it. Oh, you're kidding? Nope. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I know there are some rules in New York City. I don't know them well enough, so I probably shouldn't even mention them. But there are ways to grandfather in. However. You know, it's if you are having to give us like if someone has to give up their pet because they're leaving, like what's the right way to do that? 
the right way to do that is to find some type of family member, somebody that you completely 100% trust that you that will take your pet because mm-hmm. your hope is and your your goal obviously is to improve your living situation. Yeah. So it's not going to be forever. You know, there's not really a time limit, but you would say within three to five years, you would hope that it would be better. Yeah. And then do you see a lot of purebreds going in for rescue? You know, there's still the pet stores are out there. Yeah. Pet stores are impulse buys. You walk by. Ooh, I want that. Yeah. You know, I just um, a couple of years ago took in a pug because a girl walked by. She was having her foot. She had a problem with her foot and she would have to walk by a pet store each time for the appointment for her foot. The third appointment, she went in and bought the, the uh, pug, brought it home. Her, the father said, can't stay here. And the next thing I know is I see signs up in my neighborhood going, free dog. Now, that's oh, a no. scary thing. Oh, yeah. So, And it wasn't even me that saw it. It was actually my husband that saw it. So he, <laughs> he's been trained. So he calls me right away, and he goes, there's a free dog posting. So we ended up taking the dog in. And I tell you, that was the sh- quickest adoption I ever did because I happened to tell my next-door neighbor the dog was coming in. Mm. The dog probably was in my house for maybe 15 minutes before it went out and went to the neighbor's house. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And then what about special needs pets? There are a lot of those out there as well. Um, Of course, my house has some of them. I have a three-legged Pomeranian that I pulled out of the ASPCA. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a deaf dog that came from Louisiana. Uh, I have a dog that needs physical therapy. And, um, you know, they're they're out there. So when you do rescue... it's really, they might be special needs, but let me tell you, that Pomeranian, she can run faster than a terrier mix that I'm fostering wow. right now. Wow. Yep. And the deaf dog, what a joy it was to train him. Aww. Because he doesn't hear anything else around him. Oh, so he great. was totally focused on me. It was awesome. <laughs> He's the best dog in the house, but don't tell anyone. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that's great. So let's say someone has found a stray dog and they decide to call you. What do you do? Panic. Again. <laughs> 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 Look around and see the, how many I have little faces. You know, it depends on the time of day. Um, obviously, shelters close. Mm-hmm. They have hours. Uh, police obviously do not have hours, but sometimes they're not as helpful as you would like them to be. Mm. Um, so they do. They. I have been the recipient, recipient of many calls and also been on the receiving end of finding them myself. Mm. And it's, you log it in with the police because usually when people lose their pet, they think to call the police first. Yeah. Um, even though when the shelters are still open, they still think to call the police first. The other thing to do is when you find a pet, put up flyers. Flyers are very helpful in putting it out. You mm-hmm. can also use social media, Facebook, putting it on Facebook, asking, asking your friends to share, uh, that sort of thing. And then waiting for the shelter to open. When the shelter opens up, then you call them. If for some reason you don't want, if you find the pet in an area and there's a shelter that you don't feel is the right shelter, Mm -hmm. you then can make the decision to hold on to the pet and let the shelter know that the pet is at your house. Oh, cool. So when the owners find, you know, realize that their pet is missing, they're not going to call your house because they don't know you. They're going to call the police and they're going to call the shelter. And the shelter then can... What what they do with me, actually, is they don't give out my phone number. They actually end up calling me, mm. and then I end up calling the owners. Right, right. And so um, what happens then? Let's say well, good case scenario. Because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go and deliver the pet to them mm-hmm. because I want to see who they are, what they are, how they live, and how the pet mostly got out. Mm. Funny story about that is I actually once found a pet 
on the cross county uh, section going over the, the bridge going over cross county. Oh okay? yeah, yeah. So you got Bronxville, you got East Chester, you got Fleetwood, you got Mount Vernon, totally. and you got Chester Heights. Totally. So I had to call all of those different oh. police stations and let them know that I had found this black setter. Well, it turned out to be an East Chester dog. Oh wow! Right. So the the people call me and I want to bring the dog to them. Well, I'm coming from the place of good. They don't know that. Mm. So they're thinking that I'm coming from the place of bad. Why can't they come to my house and pick up the dog? I ended up bringing the dog over to them. But, of course, the police were there. Mm. The police were worried it was, might be a scam or something oh, like wow. that. Yeah, it was, very, it was a very interesting take on the whole thing. So the, I first, when I got out of the car, the first one I met was the police officer. Okay. And I wasn't letting the dog out until I saw the people and, yeah. and knew for sure that that dog really belonged to them. Yeah. So it's... It it did it turned out to be a sad but happy story. The original owner of the dog had died, mm. and the people, the 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 owner now the new owner of the dog was the best friend of her. Okay. Okay. So she was at the funeral, mm. and the sister of the girl that now owned the dog was supposed okay. to be watching the dog. Oh no! So that dog had better be back home before that girl got home from the funeral. So it was a little like, okay, we got to get this dog back. You know, and they didn't. Seriously. Yeah, it was seriously very funny. (laughs) And here I am like, all right, what the what? You know, nothing like a high stress job. Wow. That's uh. so I want to talk to you about microchipping, but I want to wait until after the break on that one, because I know it's going to be a conversation. Yeah, that's going to be a biggie. I got notes for that one. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, let's see. What can I ask you? That's going to be a quick question here. Um, ba, 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 ba. All of my questions are long. Okay, no, no. we're going to make this a short one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, do you pull dogs from shelters? I do. Okay. I pull a lot of dogs from different shelters. Uh, I've really recently got into the city shelters, Manhattan shelter, the Brooklyn shelter, and the Staten Island shelter. Mm-hmm. Every night at 530, there is a list that comes out. Yeah. And the list can be found on Urgent on Facebook. Urgent part two actually is the correct way to say it. And um, you rescuers, shelters, adopters, whatever, mm-hmm. have until 12 o'clock the next day to find placement for these dogs. Wow. And it's not two or three. Sometimes it can be many, as many as 30. Wow. And it's very scary. Yes. Very scary for the dogs. Um, and mostly they're on that list because they have something called kennel cough. Yep. Uh, there was a dog. I was down there to pull a dog. Uh, for a reason, and there's a dog that came in, and we, I went with a girlfriend of mine, and we asked the people, do you want the dog back? They were losing their home. It was mm. that kind of situation. And she said no, so we let the dog go in. And it was a brown dog, a pit mix. And I just thought, you know, he has a better shot at that shelter of finding a home than yeah. at my house. Yeah. Because there are more people hopefully going through that shelter than my house. Yeah. And a week later, he was on the list to be euthanized Ugh. because of he had gotten kennel cough. The dogs, interestingly enough, uh, dogs that come from the streets um, have a better immune system, it seems, than the house dogs. That's interesting. And they get sicker quick, the house dogs, than the ones from the streets. Wow. Wow. And kennel cough is something that, you know, some antibiotics gets rid of. It's not necessarily, you know. Yeah, but this is this is a bad kennel cough. Yeah. It's not influenza, but it's darn toot and close. Can it be can it be fatal? Yes, it can. Mm. Absolutely. And then, of course, the euthanasia needle makes it very fatal. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we need to take a quick break. So we'll be back in a moment. I'm talking to Tina about uh, rescue in Westchester. So hang on. We'll be there. 
Today's program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. And we are back. It is me, Celia Kutcher. I'm the food healer talking to Tina all about rescue. And so now I'm going to give you the long question, okay? Okay. (laughs) What do you think about microchipping? I think it's awesome. Or should I say awesome? (laughs) You know, this is a world that we live in uh, that is... um, Things happen, okay? So we have disasters, and uh, we respond. People respond to the disaster, and sometimes if you go into a Red Cross uh, facility, you are separated from your pet, Mm. okay? And so a microchip, you have lost your house. You have obviously lost your landline. You have lost your address, basically. So a microchip will get your pet back to you. The most important thing about microchipping, it doesn't really matter where you get the microchip. You can get it from a veterinarian's office. You can get it from a shelter. They have clinics of microchipping. Um, A lot of shelters, rescue groups will have that. Uh, It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if you use Avid Okay. It doesn't matter if you use Home Again. It doesn't matter if you use 24 Pet Watch, which is also run by Pet Health. Mm-hmm. What matters is that you register your microchip. So when you get a microchip, uh, especially if you get a dog from like a pet store, yeah. you will get the information of the microchip. However, you also get this paper, that paper, this paper, that paper, this paper, that paper. And it kind of just goes into a folder because you're playing with a new dog. Totally. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not until you loot that dog is lost from you yep. uh, that you go, well, we never registered. Well, come on, gang. Yeah. So when you go, a lot of sometimes vet offices, they'll se- send you home with the paper. But again, they're sending you home with a receipt, maybe. Mm-hmm. Be some information about food or training. And where does that paperwork go? It goes on your kitchen counter. So register your pet. If you're not sure your pet is registered, you can go on to a website. AHA runs a website called Look Up Microchips. And you can uh, put in what kind of microchip. Well, actually, you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. If you're not sure if you registered your dog, go to a veterinarian's office or a shelter. Have them do a full body scan Mm -hmm. because chips travel. Usually chips are in between the shoulder blades, Mm -hmm. but they can run down the leg or run down the back or run up to the neck. Um, So do a full body to make sure that the chip is absolutely not in there. Mm -hmm. If it is in there and you get the number, look it up. Look up what kind of it is, and and you'll see your information there. You can put a thousand numbers. You can use cell phones, obviously, because if uh, a good point is if you're losing your 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 house or your property, so is your neighbor. Yeah. So um, you know, use cell phones. You can. I always encourage. I do pet sitting as well, so I always encourage the people uh, who are my clients put my number down. Yeah. You know, if you're in California and your pet's in New York. 
who's closer? Yeah. It doesn't matter if the dog's with me or not, <laughs> or pet's with me or not, because uh, we have to do cats, too. A lot of people just think it's, oh, it's just dogs. Yeah. The other misconception is that people think it's a GPS. All it's not the a time. GPS. Yeah, All the not. time. Dudes, it's not a GPS. No, no you're not going to see your dog running down a street like a little dot going along. You know, all it is is a serial number. So that's a good thing to keep in mind as well. Yeah. And the other thing is, if you do any changes, address change, phone change, did you update your change? What I usually do is I keep um, an emergency file. So if there is ever a disaster, I'm running out the door with my emergency file of all my pets. And so in that file, because I am trained in disaster lease, if um, it's all their current vaccine history, and uh, any medications that they're on, where I'm getting the medications from, and um, when I last gave it to them. Wow. Uh, if it's like heartworm or frontline, mm-hmm. you know, something like on a monthly dose. Or if you, your pet has allergies and he needs an allerg- you know, right, allergy right. shot at once a month, you write that in your emergency file. The other thing is I'm also keeping all the microchip numbers on my refrigerator. Nice. Really smart. Because when he's gone or she's gone, you're panicked. So... If you're you're going to call the chip company, that's yeah, the first are. thing that you do. Then you can call the police. Yep. But if your pet is microchipping, you know the number, call the chip company. The chip companies, um, you will also, another way to realize that you are, your pet is microchipping is they will flood your email. Oh, no kidding. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and your snail mail. So that's another education that your pet is microchipped. <laughs> You don't always have to re-register them because they're in a database forever. If you want to have them, if your pet is missing, see what they offer. Some of them offer insurance. Some of them offer um, uh, flyers. If your pet is missing, Mm -hmm. you can do your own flyers. So, you you know, for me personally, what I do is I pay that one-time fee only, and I don't. I do, too. I do, too. All right. And every year, <laughs> and every year they're going to send you a letter that's like very scary, yeah. and it's like you must you know, update. Yeah, if you don't update, we're going to you know we're going to turn it off. They don't have this technology at this point. So no, don't but even on, if you really read that whole letter, yeah. on the very bottom it says we will never take your information <laughs> out of the database. <laughs> but you can, you know, just because you didn't renew, supposedly renew, you can still call them and and update your change. Your new, and you can yeah. also add another phone number. You know, hey, Uncle Bob's moving to, into the area. Put him on. Totally. Totally. The more information they have, the better. Absolutely. And the chips work. I mean, we had so many people. I found this dog, come into the vet, scan it, you know, look online. 20 minutes later, phone call. Oh, my God, that's my dog. Yay. You know, Yay. so it's really worth it. Um, so you've been doing, you've worked in disaster relief. Did you do anything for Sandy? Uh, I did. I Funny story how I started in disaster relief. <laughs> there was, uh, I forget the name of the hurricane, but there was a hurricane that a- occurred in where I, uh, in my Maranek, close to where I live. And uh, we, my husband and I were sitting at home and we're going, wow, we're really dry. <laughs> and it was really raining out there. So we stopped by uh, the Red Cross shelter and I knew that President Bush, it was right after Hurricane Katrina, mm. and I knew that President Bush had signed a documentation saying that pets now have to go with first responders. Oh, yeah. Right. However, Red Cross doesn't always accept them. Mm which is a huge problem because when the person gets there, the, the, you know, the first responder has, a, has a, um, gone to the, uh, to the person that's in need, let's, let's just say even on a front loader yeah. you know, or a rowboat or whatever. So he's done his job or her job. They 
deliver them safe and sound to the Red Cross shelter where they're met with, no, you can't go any further. And that's where I left some cards thinking that another uh, organization in Westchester would be responding because that's where our tax dollars go to. And uh, they were like, what? Oh, no. Yeah, so that particular disaster we ended up taking in 16 dogs. And we also ended up taking in... um, Three kittens that were strays. Oh. So we named them Flood, Tide, and Storm. <laughs> and it was so interesting because they made the news on that one because, you know, their cute little names maybe had something to Good do job. with it. Good job. But it was everybody wanted a storm in their house. I don't know. <laughs> that was that was a big thing in like the 90s. Every gray cat was Storm. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So <laughs> I don't well. even remember if it was Storm. I think it was just the names, you know, Flood, Tide, and Storm, because hey. that was what we were dealing with. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, situations that you deal with where police are involved. Can you give us some examples of what those are? Well, um, you know, the crimes of opportunity is huge. Mm-hmm. And crimes of opportunity is when you leave your pet unattended in their yard, Ugh. in your car. Yep. Uh, uh, the best, my favorite, because that always makes me stop and wait, is when the pet is tied up outside of a store. Yeah. And it's uh, actually CBS just did a really good in-depth uh, article of, on them. Uh, and it was on 11 o'clock at night, which I was sorry to see it on at 11 o'clock at yeah. night. It would have been nice if it was on at uh, 5, 6, and maybe even 7. However, um, you know, it just takes seconds, yeah. seconds for them to come and just take that pet and then he's gone. He's gone. Or she's gone. Mm-hmm. And your chances of seeing him again is slim. Mm. Really slim. They actually did do a heartwarming story on the CBS article, and they had re- the pet was reunited. But um, it doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't always happen that way. And they are definitely crimes of opportunity. And that's, you know, the police are involved in that. The other way the police are also involved is domestic violence situations. Mm. Um, They'll go in and they will. And so there is no I. There might be an I in Tina, but there's no I in team. There really Mm. isn't. And it's a huge group that that uh, does all this. They go in and they'll take the abuser because they can also be a woman and they will secure the abuser. But there's only a limited amount of time that that abuser is away from the home. Mm. The victims, usually uh, the other parent and the children are then left in the home. So then social services will come in with um, child protective services. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing with the task force is we're just asking the police and the child, uh, child protective services, just look around. You see a tank? What's in the tank? Mm. You hear a dog bark in the backyard? Hmm. Why don't you ask what else is in the house yeah. instead of just clothing and whatever else they'll be needing? I uh, see something run and hide under the rug. Let's, you know, investigate yeah. that. Don't leave that there for when the abuser comes back because uh, they may not be back when the victim comes back. Yeah. And wow. So I did, I was a part of that at one point where. It was a case of Yonkers, and uh, I ended up with this cat for almost three years. Wow. That's wow. the other thing is there's no, you know, time limit. Well, we'll only be doing this for two weeks. You yeah, know? exactly. So that's another thing with, with my husband is that uh, telling him that, oh, yeah, it's just a cat. <laughs> 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 you know, his, his next line is, how long? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's amazing with the, with abuse cases because it's really it's something that you know all you're thinking about is the victim's safety, and right. so I you know. I, it's so obvious how pets would just be completely forgotten right. and just thrown on the side. And then all of a sudden, you know, what happens? It's a swirly mass of chaos when this all goes on. Now, I wanted to ask you about the crimes of opportunity. And I hate to ask you this question because I know the answer, but I think it's really important. When these animals are being stolen, what is usually going on with them? You know, you got it. As a rescuer, I think the worst. I think the worst. I think of uh, fighting, dog mm-hmm. fighting. Um, I think of selling for drugs. This particular case on CBS was that the dog was sold for $200 for drugs. Oh, my God. Um, you know, or, or other things. Maybe not always drugs. Sometimes it's food, but yeah. whatever. Uh, it's... it's um, you know, it also be, could be given to, you know, Aunt Sarah, who's always wanted a Yorkie. Mm, you know? So totally. you're just... The chances of you seeing your pet again because of five minutes of sheer stupidity is not worth it. Yeah. I mean, this was a huge problem in Brooklyn a couple of years ago, and I don't know if it's gotten any better or if it's gotten any worse. But, yeah, I'm like you. If I see a dog tied up outside, oh, I just cringe. It's like, what are you doing? That is you the know? worst. But also in cars. People think, well, if I lock them in the car, it's um, it's not hot out because yeah. that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, they'll they'll break the window. Yeah. You know, people don't realize. They'll break the window. They want it. They're going to get it. It's like, I had a dog a million years ago, a little Jack Russell named Turbo. I remember Turbo. Turbo was such a pain in the ass, but he was a great dog. And he always wanted to be everywhere with me. And when I got him, I was on a farm and I was working with horses. So he lived in the car a lot of the time. And any time I'd park him, like, in Westchester, you know, and I'd, he'd be like, I got to go with you. I got to go with you. And it's like, you know, I'm getting a haircut. You would stay in the car. Okay, fine. He would sit in the driver's seat, and first he'd only bark. Okay, that was bad enough. Okay, then he got on the driver's seat and figured out with a horn, like yeah. how to honk the horn. Yeah. So then I show up after getting my haircut. I got 10 people surrounding my car. My dog's going, bah, 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 bah. everybody's <laughs> screaming at me, you're a horrible owner. Oh, my God, I can't believe the abuse with this dog. And it was like, you have no idea if I'd left this dog at home how much damage there would have been done. You know? Yes, but you do know that the dog is sometimes an extension of the owner. Well, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the, the turbo, poor Turbo. He was a good boy. But, yeah, I was really lucky because he was a really cute dog and yeah. he was a purebred. Yeah. And, you know, he oh, could have been care. stolen in a second. They don't care. Yeah. You know, they don't care. Especially if they're using him for bait dogs. Then they right. just want then, something. Then that, it's just ugh, yeah, terrible. I, sh- I shudder. I shudder to think. Yeah. I really do. I really do. And I know. And yeah, I'm you shuddering. Do. Yeah, you do. And so are there any other situations where animals might be in danger that you've got to come in and help out? Um. You know, it's it's again, it's 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 a team effort. There's no usually I'm I I like to call myself an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. Like you know, shelters, rescue groups, they'll contact me to help them out for a different situation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, um, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So let's talk about, have you experienced any cases of animal hoarding? Oh, I knew that was, that was I just looked at that and I went, was going to say, animal hoarding. Hoarding, hoarding. Yes, animal hoarding. Animal hoarding happens in the nicest of areas. Yeah. You would be shocked. You would be shocked. I was shocked just uh, at the beginning of last year. I was in an animal hoarding case and uh, it was unbelievable. It was a beautiful home right on the water, major money, 
And uh, the, what happened was a woman um, had a stroke or a heart attack, and EMS couldn't get into the house because of the stench Whoa. of the cats that were in there. Whoa. So local, local shelter had to go in, and it was just, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. But this particular shelter is super cool, and they really worked with the surviving member of the household. Nice. And, uh, you know, it, it all, it, it did work out, but it was a long process and a very, um, you know, you just can't go into these houses like that. You have to wear special hazmat suits. Wow. You have to wear feet and head protection. Really? And you have to wear proper ventilation mask. You can't just wear like a painter's mask. You wow. have to wear a ventilation, ventilator mask. You get a piece of that in your lung, you're there forever with that. Wow. Wow. And then you think that somebody's living in this. Yeah. You yeah, know? they're living in this. So are there laws in Westchester as to how many pets you can have? Uh, different, uh, usually it's different uh, cities and uh, mm-hmm. towns. They have set out their own laws, but okay. there's, there's not really, um, it's also who's going to obey it. You yeah. know, like not, not, I didn't mean it like that, but who's going to enforce it. Yeah. You know, when they're not obeyed. That's what I meant to say, because I don't obey it. <laughs> <laughs> But you're doing good things. You've That's got, you've what got I like stuff. to do. Like. You're you good. Know, you know? The, whole, the, the way I look at it is that, you know, I live there. They live with me. I don't live with them. So that's my first step from being away from an animal hoarder. <laughs> uh, I also, uh, I keep a tight, clean and tidy house. Yeah, I do. also have neighbors, you know. Yeah. So I think to myself, would I want to hear a dog barking constantly? No. Yeah. So I'm going to treat them like I would want to be treated. Yeah. So that's how we all get along. And I've always said to my neighbors, if there's something I'm doing that's really annoying you, please let me know first really before cool. you start calling the municipalities. But, you know, so far I've been lucky and nothing really major has happened. To Good. Me. Good. Because, yeah, I mean, this is the type of thing. It's such hard work. I mean, you know, it sounds all what you're what you say, what you do. It sounds like it's very, very difficult. And then on top of it, of you know, taking care of animals and feeding them all the time and making sure that they're healthy and meds and all that. It really becomes a, a full-time gig. But anybody can rescue. Anybody can rescue. Rescue is adoption. Rescue is fostering. Mm-hmm. Rescue is transporting. Getting in your car and doing a leg of a trip with a pet in your car. Rescue is dropping off newspapers at a shelter, a rescue group. Yeah. Rescue is dropping off linens. Rescue is dr- buying an extra bag of dog food and dropping it off at the shelter. Um, rescue is, uh, it is money, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be that, but even $5 goes a long way. Yeah, it does. Rescue is going down to the local rescue or, or shelter and walking a dog. Uh, rescue is petting a cat. Yeah. Rescue is volunteering at fundraising events or even better organizing a fundraising event. Yeah. You know, that's what rescue is. A lot of um, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah kids are getting into it now. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, where they do, they do that. Uh, birthdays are like that as well, where don't bring me a present. Please bring me something for the shelter. Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, and you know what? you got to give kudos to those parents. No because, kidding. Because, my goodness, that is, they are, they are making, you know, they're really teaching that child to, not to look at themselves as a being, but to look at the world as a being. That's huge. And, like, yeah. bar mitzvahs are huge scores. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a lot of oh, gifts. Oh, yeah, the so. shelters are like, wow, this is amazing. And they're so grateful for every little thing. You think, oh, we have to adopt, we have to, you know, foster. You don't. You, whatever else I say, you can 
little things mean more sometimes yeah. than the bigger things. Yeah, I mean, it was like at our place at the vet's office, you know, people would bring us old towels and it yeah. was just like, oh my God, thank you thank so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're like, they're just old towels. And it's like, you don't understand. Like, yeah. we need this stuff. Don't you know? throw that stuff out. Yeah, spare you know? leashes, you know, sure. all that kind of stuff. They can use all of it. Sure. That's really, really important too. And I love the fact that you brought up that, you know, spending a couple hours to do something or even, you know, dropping off your newspapers, it all helps. And like you said, it's a team effort, yeah. you know, so it's really, really Oh, yeah, it's to definitely do. team. Yeah, you, you can't do it by yourself. You'd be overwhelmed. Yeah. But join up with a team. And you don't have to join. Like, I don't belong. I'm not affiliated with one particular shelter or rescue group. Um, there's a great rescue, Jindo Rescue. Mm. And uh, they're in uh, New Jersey. My girlfriend, Kristen Edmonds. But if you had asked me two years ago what I call her my girlfriend, I didn't even know she existed. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until I caught these two dogs that had been... Uh, dumped on this person's property that um i knew of her and her existence and she runs a great rescue nice and they're tough dogs yeah they're, they're really, really dogs. hard dogs yeah yeah wow they're the korean they're the national treasure of korea but uh, they're also very tough dogs. <laughs> i had beautiful. them in my house for 24 hours let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> That's another point, too, is that, you know, if you are looking, if you want, are looking for an animal and you've decided that you don't want to do a sheltered dog, there's breed rescue for pretty much every single breed. So do some homework. And yeah, absolutely. One. Internet is your friend, man. You can look up akc.org mm. slash whatever you're looking for, Labadoodle, Karen Terrier, whatever it is, and it will come up with all these rescue groups. And please, please, peeps. When you see it, it's located, you know, you're in Florida and they're located in Canada, that doesn't mean anything because there are times that I'm in, I'm obviously in Westchester, New York. There are times that um, the group will call me to foster the dog. Mm. So they're not going to give out my information on the Internet, but you're going to go through them and they're going to make sure that you're the right home, you know, you're the right home and the right people. And then they're going to say to you, well, there is a dog very close to you. Nice. And it meets your criteria, what you're looking for. And your criteria meets what the dog is, is needing. Nice. And so, you know, this is where you want to go. We'll have her call you. And then what do you think about the shelters? Like, you know, as we were saying before, like pets, are, pet store pets are really an impulse purchase. But then when you're looking at rescue, a lot of times people think rescue is an impulse save. So what do you think of the shelters that like take all your information and they want to talk to you and they want to interview you and you need to come see the animal a couple times? Do it. It's worth it. Yeah. Do it. It's worth it. You know, it's like buying a car. You know, you're not just going to go, well, today I think I'm going to get a Mazda. Yeah. You know, you're going to research it. You're going to get the gas mileage. You're going to, you know, find out the right model for you. Are you an SUV? Are you a compact? Whatever. You're going to go through the whole thing. So it's the same thing with the dog. Yeah. You know, or, or the cat. We keep talking about dogs, but I don't want to forget the kitties. Don't forget the kitties. Don't forget the kitties. You know, there's some rescue groups that um, I do know of one, and I won't mention her. <laughs> She'll, she's going to laugh. But she's 13 pages, wow. you know, 13 pages. And there was a reporter for the Journal News that wanted to adopt a dog. And she was like, really? I was like, do it, do it. <laughs> and even the person that was giving it to her, she was like, should I do it? Because you know her. I said, do it, do yeah. it. You know, let yeah. her go. Let her experience the whole thing. Maybe she'll write an article about yeah, it. Yeah, totally. You know, and how great it is. But, you know, that's another story. That's another and, show. I mean, if you want like a rabbit or a guinea pig or oh, a turtle. Oh, they're there too. Yeah. You yeah. can get any. Anything rescue. Turtles. 
Easy. Yep. I yep. mean, there's Sean Casey Rescue, which is in Brooklyn, started off with rabbits and guinea pigs, basically. And he's still got some, but he's more dogs and cats now. You know, and also look into the shelters and see who's a kill shelter and who's not a kill shelter. And if you're really a great, great person, go to the kill shelters. Honestly, I have a really hard time at them. Yeah, um, it's, I tough. Can, I, it's the worst. Like CACC is. Yeah, they're terrible. They're, oh. it's, they're the worst. And actually, this little brown dog, I'll, I'll finish that story. Yeah. You know, I when I heard him on the list, somebody called me and told me that he was on the list. And I, I was like, all right, we're getting him. But it was no different a week later as to where he would go. Yeah. But, you know, there was, I made everybody nuts. Nuts. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> everybody was jumping through hoops. But, you know, I put a save on him, but he still had nowhere to go. Mm. Uh, so 12 o'clock came and went, and he was still saved, but he was still sick, and he was still at the shelter. Um, I actually ended up going to a function, and this friend of mine told me that she wanted to get a dog for her other dog, and I, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. Wow. And he's now living very happily Yay. with them and their other dogs. Yeah, so it did work out, but... You know, kill shelters and non-kill shelters, it, if, if you're looking for a particular type of dog, if you're looking for a dog that doesn't shed, you know, that will make a difference yeah. as to what shelter. But, you know, Pet Finder is filled with all these dogs. Yeah. You can go on those individual dog um, shelters and rescue groups and find out the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just, just talk to people, yeah. you know, talk to people. Yeah, totally. If you're looking for a dog, let everybody know because all of a sudden they appear, especially if you're looking for a cat because I'm really convinced that cats find you. So if you want a cat, tell everybody and then chances are one's going to wake up on your doorstep one morning or something random like that. Sadly, more more cats that go into the shelter don't come out. Mm. That's a sad. That's fact. interesting. And yeah. there's also the whole thing about black cats that people oh, don't want yeah. to adopt black, black cats. and brown animals. But black and brown. Really? You know, one of the one of the questions on your thing was uh, you know, I was down. What I was down was to pick this black Akita Chow mix. Mm. Nobody's going to get this yeah. dog. Yeah. You know, and and uh, how do I know what to, what kind of dog to get? It's it's an animal instinct. i just know i mean i can look at i'm lucky with the in that i have and i get pictures and videos and i'm watching how that dog is behaving yeah because i'm bringing him into my house obviously i'm um isolating him for 10 to 14 days in case he has something if he's coming from a shelter or or a you know place where he could be ill um before i expose him to my crew yeah but i'm exposing him to turtles and a frog and cats and Mm -hmm. dogs so you know i gotta make sure that he's really gonna get along yeah totally or it could be a total right then i have another that's another show exactly that'd be (laughs) fun wouldn't it so what's the hardest part of your job Hardest part of the job is seeing the elderly animals being turned in. Mm. You know, they're owned by uh, elderly people who, whatever happens to them, um, us- that's the usual thing. It's not everyone, but, uh, you know, they either they go into homes or they die and their families don't want these dogs. And these dogs are 15. And instead of mm. taking them to the veterinarian and euthanizing them humanely, they yeah. dump them off at the shelter. And it's just sad. Yeah. You know, the last elderly dog I picked up was Rosa. She was a Yorkie and purebred. And she was 15 years old. She had oh. a heart issue. She was blind. She probably was also deaf. You know, come on, gang. Yeah. Who's going to adopt that dog? You yeah. know, yeah, Tina will. But Ashley was um, through this woman in New Orleans wanted her. Mm. New Orleans wanted her. So we were doing a transport. Wow. But she didn't make it. Aww. She was so sick. She Aww. was so sick. So we we kept her... 
we tried to do the right thing. We went to uh, one vet in New Jersey, and then we went to another vet in Yonkers, and we ended up putting her down. Mm. Oh, and then a vet in Pelham. I don't want to forget that vet in Pelham. He yeah, was great but, too. you know, in that case, too, it's like putting the dog down is better than the poor it thing is. suffering it in is. a shelter and doing me? all that, you know? It's, you know, it's already a life change. Uh, it's, 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 a his real one. owner, his real owner's gone. He's not going to be adopted. Who, who you yeah. know, and you're putting him in a shelter. That's... You know, yeah. you can't find anyone between leaving the home and the shelter. Put them. Yeah, and uh, when the primary caregiver dies, that's incredibly traumatic for a pet. They sure. say that usually the pets will die within six months of the primary care owner when they're passing. And I can tell you that when my mom died, within six months, all her pets were dead, even wow. pets that lived in a different state. But, I mean, granted, too, let's, you know, we'll call a spade a spade. They were all pretty old, so yeah. it wasn't like a four-year-old thing. Right, just no, that's over, not happening. But, no, but they all left with her, baby, right. basically. So. Yeah. And what's the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, the most rewarding part of my job is getting to hear what a difference that pet has made in that person's life. Yay. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. So I want to talk about some upcoming events that are going on. Uh, We've got an upcoming Stewie to the Rescue and the Pet Adoption League of Westchester are hosting a comedy show June 17th at the Gotham Comedy Club. It's at 208 West 23rd Street in Manhattan. Gotham Comedy Club is a blast. It's a really, really fun club. It's really casual. It's pretty laid back. And Um, cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah, no kidding. It's really cheap. The drinks are cheap, too, so that two-drink minimum isn't that bad, especially for New York. So if you want to go have a couple good laughs and want to have a couple good drinks and help out some dogs and cats, go to the Gotham Comedy Club on June 17th. Harris Bloom runs that, and he's funny. Is he? Yeah. Cool. And then we've got a fundraiser that's happening on this Friday. So if you're up in White Plains or you're a northern Westchester person, go to the Wicked Wolf of White Plains. There's a, the Pet Adoption League is doing a fundraiser to raise for, sorry, they're doing a fundraiser to raise money for Kennels for Canines. For the Yonkers Shelter. Also incredibly important. I'd also like to dedicate today's show to, or this episode, to Elliot, who is a darling little min pin that tragically passed a few weeks ago. He was a very popular guy in my neighborhood, and he'll be missed very much. Um, If anybody has any questions and you'd like to contact Tina, Tina, will you give us your email address? Sure. It's happytalesup at AOL.com. So you got any questions about adoption or, you know, TNR, any of that, you can contact Tina. You can also contact me, Celia, at foodhealer.com. You can check out the site. Tons of articles there. Next week, we're going to have Wild Bird Rescue coming in. So that's going to be really interesting, too. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.